Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico with Tyler Tashman. Uh, earlier pod than usual today at Hawk Central. Uh, Tyler was in Iowa City on his own today, so we're going to lean heavily on him for football talk. Uh, I'll have the basketball game in Omaha later, leaving right after this uh, to make the one hour and 45 minute drive. Um, Tyler, give us a, a quick overview of uh, the biggest things you learned today before we get to our three topics. I guess the kind of newsy things were just um, Jay Higgins, Quinn Schulte, Logan Lee. They're going through senior day festivities, but still undecided about whether they could possibly return uh, next season to Iowa. So um, those decisions still up in the air, it, it seems. Um, but that was, that was to me just kind of like the brief, quick kind of news. And, uh, you know, probably Jay's the biggest one that you like, if he can, if he comes back next season for Iowa, that's just a massive lift because of how good he's been. But I think Quinn Schulte, who probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves, you know, on the back end of the defense, him coming back as well would, uh, you know, certainly be significant. Yeah, I had our first topic today to talk about kind of these 20 seniors that are going to go through the ceremony, and that'll dovetail into the Illinois matchup, which obviously follows that. But I get, let's start where you just started, which is guys that could come back. I mean, I think uh, having been through, I don't know, eight or nine or ten of these in a row, like where you, you do the senior day, senior week interviews, you know, most guys have gotten to the point now where they – they don't want to be a distraction. They don't want to be a headline. So they're not going to say, yeah, I'm coming back. You know, I'm definitely coming back or I'm definitely leaving unless it's like painfully obvious. And I think Tory Taylor, from what it sounded like, made it made it sound like he's probably going through his last game as a hockey. I mean, it was a lot to come back this year for him. Makes sense. But yeah, let, I mean, uh, let's start with Jay Higgins. I mean, to me, he's proven enough. I'd be surprised if he comes back, but uh, just because he has, has had such a great year, he stayed healthy, uh, you would think his stock is as high as it could be for the next level. Uh, Logan Lee is interesting, though, because, you know, he's married. He got married in the offseason. So, you know, what does his wife prefer him to do? <laughs> you know, like that's a collective decision. It's not just a selfish decision. You know, maybe they want to stay in Iowa City another year. Maybe, you know, he's ready to try to make, $700,000 a year instead of, you know, 30000 in NIL money. And then uh, Quinn Schulte, the other one you brought up, would make the most sense, I think, to come back of that group you mentioned just because, you know, just very similar example. Jack Kerner a couple years ago, he did make that jump with the opportunity to come back with a sixth year. Uh, you know, he he got a shot, didn't make it. Now he's doing other stuff. He's coaching with the Hawkeyes now. Uh, but that said, I, you know, you wonder if that story might impact Quinn say, Hey, it's pretty awesome here. I would like to stay for my sixth year, three different stories there uh, between those three guys. And I know like with Jay is, I feel like the, the evaluation process for the NFL can just kind of be like enigmatic in terms of sometimes it doesn't make sense because 
it's a lot based on potential and measurables and all this type of stuff. So I, I don't, I don't know where Jay stacks up in that kind of projection, but it's pretty clear that he is one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the country this season. And, and maybe where he doesn't have as much of a, I don't know, advantage as other guys is that if you look at a guy like Peyton Wilson at NC state, like he's been a known commodity for a while. And Jay is, this is his first season really uh, bursting onto the national scene, which wasn't really all of his fault because he was playing behind Jack Campbell. But, you know, if he wanted to continue to prove himself or, you know, possibly some of it could just, you know, hinge on what happens at the end of this season. How does Iowa finish the season? Do they end up getting to the Big Ten championship as it seems like they are, but it's not certain. And, and I also wonder, you know, NIL is definitely another factor in this of possibly get, keeping guys around for longer and also just of like where they are in life. You know, you mentioned Logan Lee being married. Like, does he feel like, you know, he's just, this is, he's moving on. He's ready to move on to the next phase of his life. Or, you know, does Quinn Schulte feel like, uh, he, he still has more to give at Iowa. So I think where these guys are in their particular walks of life, NIL, you know, where they project at the next level, I think are all worth just taking into, into account when they have to make that decision. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up NIL because, you know, that's the type of thing where it's, it's completely legal now to, uh, you know, maybe not in these words, but like, if you stay, uh, you know, there's, some business is going to make you a spokesman next year for $150,000. I mean, I'm just making up numbers, but you know, that's real money um, that potentially you could quote unquote cash in on. So yeah, it's, it's the old blueprint of trying to figure these things out. Isn't necessarily uh, the same. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. I hadn't planned on like delving into it this much, but it's interesting now here's another guy that that here's another two guys that I think are really interesting decisions who are fifth year seniors would be Eric All. Uh, you guys did not get to talk to him, correct, today? Obviously, because he's hurt. And then Sebastian Castro, both fifth year seniors. Um, you know, I don't I I don't know what the NFL evaluation would be on Sebastian Castro. I don't know what it would be on Eric All. I mean Potentially, both guys could really up their stock by coming back, especially Eric All. Like if he, if Luke Lachey goes, Eric All stays, or you know maybe it ends up being vice versa. Who knows? Maybe they come back as a package deal. Maybe they both go. Um, very interesting. Any thoughts on those two guys? It, it felt like Eric All, the way that he was playing after Luke Lachey got hurt, like he was pretty clearly trending to being drafted in the NFL. Just the level that he was playing at, and the fact that I mean he his athleticism, his kind of dynamic playability at tight end, um, you know, I felt like would have been a real asset in the NFL. And you just, it almost feels like you get an extra boost just from being a tight end at Iowa. Like the, the, the pedigree, the fact that people know that Iowa tight ends have succeeded at a high level in the NFL. Um, and Castro, I want to put this on the record now, but I think he's going to have a really good game against Illinois. It feels like he's been kind of quiet. Like the yeah, last few games, been. like because yeah. he had the pick six against uh, Iowa State, uh, and then he had another pick uh, a little bit later. Um, it feels like he's kind of been. Yeah. It feel and yeah, didn't and then he didn't he also have the one against was it Michigan State? 
or I feel he like clen- he, he clinched it against Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, That's but it feels like he's been kind of quiet the last few weeks. Like we haven't. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I feel like he'll have. I feel like he's gonna break through on Saturday. But uh, yeah, he's another guy that you know, if he decides to stay, that it feels like there's even another gear for him to get better if he stays and to you know be make a jump that someone like Jay Higgins made to this season where he, he becomes probably like one of the best defenders in the big 10 in the nation. Yeah. We haven't gotten to underclassmen yet, but potentially, I mean, if you look at the Iowa's back five, the secondary, all five of them have a decision to make Cooper DeGene, uh, you know, is projected to be a first rounder. You know, I would think he would go, but he's an Iowa kid and he's only been here three years. He's really only played two years in full. So you never know, especially with NIL, uh, but at first round money and opportunity beyond the money is different. But still, you know, it, it's re- he really loves playing at Iowa and I'm sure, you know, loves hearing Coop and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into this. So Castro, I guess Wampa does not have a decision make. He'll be back. But the other the other name back there is Jamari Harris. He's a fifth year senior, did not play last year. Definitely has another year. Actually could stay two more years, assuming he got a medical for last year, which I'm sure he would. Um, so he's got a, de- a decision to make, too. I kind of would would guess he'd be leaning towards staying just because he's probably got more to prove, you know, if he wants to be an NFL draft pick. It doesn't mean he can't make that jump. Matt Hankins uh, kind of made the similar decision to come back and, and have a full 50-year senior year in 2021. Uh, got a chance with the Falcons. Um, so I don't know. Jamari Harris is another one where uh, we're outlining these guys because as Hawkeye fans, we want you to know that this could be their last game, but it might not be their last game. And, and, and another dynamic to this is with the transfer portal now, like you kind of have to make, you can't wait till forever to make a decision because you you have to be cognizant of the fact that Iowa has to know that if, Cooper or Jamari isn't coming back that they have to plan accordingly, you know, potentially dipping into the transfer portal or, you know, whatever. But uh, I think the good thing about the situation with Jamari or Cooper is that even if one of the two come back, uh, I think I feel really good about Deshaun Lee back there from what he showed in those first two games with Jamari out. He, he seems like a young guy that has a lot of promise just, um, you know, after Jamari came back from that suspension, he, he hasn't really gotten a lot of time on defense, but I think you feel really good about him. And um, also I'll just mention too, just one guy that doesn't have a decision to make is Nico uh, Ragaini. but uh, just talking to him today, like I, I'm going to miss covering him. He's just uh, uh, just when, when, when we've interacted with him, just like super open, super uh, transparent, you know, he, I think back to after that non-call against Iowa State and he was dropping F-bombs the following media week and got the public reprimand from the Big Ten. So maybe he's a little bit too honest, uh, you know, to a fault at some points. But uh, it was it was today comparing what it was the vibe of everything to what it was two weeks ago when the Brian Ferentz news had just dropped. Kirk Ferentz says players are not talking. They had just lost and just gutting fashion to Minnesota like it was just a it's a night and day difference between the vibe but then and the vibe now like it, today just very lighthearted, positive 
uh, you know, guys seemed to be in a good mood. There were some emotions flowing with senior day, but um, it's crazy to think just how much the energy being around there has changed mm-hmm. in just two weeks because two weeks ago when, you know, Kirk Ferentz was addressing the media right after it had been announced that, you know, his son wouldn't be coming back after the season. It, it just felt really tight, really tense. At this point, it basically feels like the exact opposite. Yeah, some guys that definitely are playing their – besides Nico that are playing their last game here. Uh, Rusty Feth, he's out of eligibility. Nick Jackson out of eligibility after this year. Uh, I believe there's one more. Well, Noah Shannon um, and Steve Stilianos, all those guys um, – you know, cannot return. Uh, there's a uh, day. John Parker also, I believe is out of eligibility after this year. So the other two guys that I think can come back, um, which will be, will be interesting. Both former walk-ons from the state of Iowa, uh, Nick, the young offensive lineman and linebacker, Kyler Fisher. Now, uh, I assume Iowa would want them back. That is another part of this equation. I mean, they have to have a spot for you, a scholarship for you, unless you want to come back as a walk-on. But I would think, of those guys, I would think Kyler Fisher would have a really good shot at being welcomed back, want maybe want to come back to maybe – I don't want to say have – he won't have probably the same impact as a Jay Higgins, but to potentially compete for a, a starting inside linebacker job or even just keep the same job as he had this year in the 4-3 and just be you know a little bit more of a – you know maybe a little bit more of an impact player. I don't know. Those two guys are – Maybe you don't think about it much, but also could be you might be thankful that they stay if they stay. I think, yeah, I think Kyler Fisher is one of the more undervalued guys. And on a defense that doesn't have Jay Higgins and Nick Jackson, he's probably a starting linebacker. But those those guys are just so good that, you know, he's he's behind them. But I think he's a guy that if he does, if he does decide to come back next season, could be huge and potentially filling Jay Higgins absence if he leaves or Nick Jackson, you know, um, he's been around the program for a while, kind of had that steady, gradual development, almost like in a very, in a way, very similar to Jay Higgins. And yeah, like you said, I, I don't think it would be fair to say like he is going to become Jay Higgins or anything, but I, it, it feels like his, tra- the trajectory, trajectory of his career is very similar to one like that, where he could get, you know, he has a, he could break out. And, and the fact that he's also been able to watch so many good linebackers over his time at Iowa between Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, and now Jay Higgins, Nick Jackson, like they're, they're always, there's also just like value in being around guys that do it at such a high level. And just one last factor that popped into my head. I mean, with these linebackers, both Higgins and Fisher, you know, if Seth Wallace takes a DC job somewhere else, which I think is a, it's gotta, it's gotta happen at some point, you know, do they, you know, not that it, they would have, they would still have Phil Parker presumably, but you know, would, uh, would that impact their decision too? You know, if something like that were to happen. So lots of factors uh, go on here. And uh, bottom line is this is a pretty awesome senior class. It'd be pretty cool to see Noah Shannon walk out there. Uh, Tori Taylor walk out there. Uh, it's going to be a pretty uh, emotional day, Tyler. And with that, there's a game to play about five to eight minutes after that ceremony, as Kirk Ferentz said, to get their stuff together, I think is what he said in the press conference. Um, I've seen this before. It, it can go one way or another. They've had, they've had some really flat senior days. Obviously, last year against Nebraska did not go well. There were some other extenuating factors. 
2017 at home against uh, Purdue was kind of a disaster. Uh, lost that one against a pretty inferior team at home, 24, next to last game of the year, 24-15. Um, give me a sense of what you felt from the players today about their focus for this game. Uh, Iowa just a three-and-a-half point favorite against the Illini. Joe Evans also brought up that Nebraska game from last season, basically saying that with the he's going to try to put away the emotions of senior day as much as he can because he saw how bad it can go if, if that doesn't happen like it did against Nebraska. So I think being able to balance those emotions, uh, you know, is definitely going to be a, a storyline to follow. But uh, I think I would – I mean, this – if they obviously they're in the the driver's seat of the Big Ten West, and it seems likely they're going to make the Big Ten championship, but it's not certain. I just think that you have to take the, uh, advantage of this opportunity and just close it out at Kinnick. You can't allow it to go to Nebraska and let weird things happen because this season has just been all over the place, and it feels like at some points it's inevitable for something weird to happen. I think that. Iowa just has to totally eliminate that opportunity. You have a chance to secure your bid to the Big Ten Championship in front of Kinnick, or, you know, in Kinnick Stadium uh, on Senior Day. It's all, it's like a perfect ending, or not ending, but perfect chapter to be able to get to the Big Ten Championship. If you can't do it, uh, you know, on Saturday, then that just opens the door to a, a bunch of drama that could have, that could be avoided. But I think with the emotions of it all, like the way that this team has responded over and over this season, it feels like they'll be able to handle it, whether that be, you know, the, the call against Cooper to Gene that wiped away the punt return, whether that be the Brian Ferentz news, whether that be the Penn state game, the gambling investigation, it feels like this team has shown an ability to, deal with adversity to overcome it to balance their emotions and still produce so that that gives optimism that they can uh you know close it out on saturday we will get into the uh, details of the matchup with our wednesday hawk central radio show uh one day away from that uh but tyler what about i saw some video interviews with with deacon hill from today um i'm sure that was a topic uh it sounded like Someone asked Kirk about him. I don't know if he really answered the question, but, you know, how is he uh, – how did he sound after kind of the best game of his career? And obviously it seems like they're going to have to put more on his shoulders um, with Illinois having a lot of run stuffers up front. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – I didn't spend a ton of time talking to him, but he, he kind of seemed pretty even keeled to the point where – that he has been the entire season, which I think is good because – not necessarily letting a one good performance get to your head, you know, um, not getting, not allowing himself to get too bumpy of a road. So, um, but I think it was, I mean, it was, it was one that he can definitely draw confidence off of. It was one that he can build off of because it was, it was a lot of what he had lacked, you know, up to this point this season where he was, he got into a rhythm. It seemed like for the first time this season, he, he was comfortable in the pocket. You know, it, it was one where you look at finally being able to get kind of tangible results on the field. And it was like without Deontay Vines, you know, without uh, Steve Stiliano. So like for an already depleted offense, there were even more guys out. And I think the, that's where the emergence of Caleb Brown too has become important as 
do you look at those two guys as a potentially kind of dynamic, I wouldn't say duo, but connection that, that can really continue to grow Two younger guys that can continue to grow on this back half of the season. So um, I think for the offense as a whole, not just Deacon, it's like that was one really good, like one good performance. Now do they revert back to their old self? Like was that just an aberration or can they continue to build off of it? couple of little injury tidbits. Uh, sounded like Steve Stilianos, as you mentioned, will be back this week. That could be really huge. Iowa goes two tight end sets a lot. Addison Ostrenga emerging. Uh, to have him and Stilianos on the field at the same time, you would think would be a plus. No no slight to Johnny Pascuzzi or Zach Ortworth. But uh, you get a little bit more experience out there at tight end this week and then maybe a little bit more confidence uh, with Nico playing 66 snaps against Rutgers and Caleb Brown playing 60. I mean, those guys logged a uh, heavy time out there uh, and looked good. I mean, I would just keep them out there at this point. I mean, those four guys plus a running back seem like a good combination to me. Uh, but last, uh, and then Logan Jones, uh, not on the depth chart, uh, but also Ference said today, he didn't like address it, it sounded like uh, specifically, but he said, have a chance for all those guys that are that are hurt, right? Any other injury wrinkles I'm leaving out before I get to uh, the next no, thing I want to talk about? I don't, no, I don't think. I think he, I don't know if you said Vines. He said it's very unlikely. Okay, something. yeah, right. Bo Stevens also out. Um, uh, one guy that uh, will be on the field, not going through senior day ceremonies, but is a factor on this team, but is leaving the team, is Spencer Petrus. And I know you didn't cover Spencer Tyler, but I saw – you tweeted some quotes about Spencer today from talking to Nico. Uh, I wrote about Spencer, so check that out at hawkcentral.com. It's online now. Um, he has entered the transfer portal, which uh, not uh, – I wrote this, but it, it's just funny that people are surprised at this. It's like he wants to play another year. Uh, Iowa has plans, and his shoulder has been rehabbed, and now he can go play somewhere for his seventh year. So um, good luck to him for sure. Um I know you didn't cover him. I guess you probably watched him from afar covering Indiana, though. So any thoughts on, uh, you know, the impact that Spencer Petrus has had? And I liked what Nico said today about, you know, I think he's gotten maybe a, whatever he said, a bad shake from from Hawkeye fans. I'll read a, a quote that, that Nico said that I thought was pretty telling. He said of like what Spencer, Spencer will bring to wherever he plays next. He said, someone with a lot of experience, someone who's played in the Big Ten Championship, and what I think most importantly is someone who's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. Spencer is a person who pushed me and got on me in my younger days because he wanted to see me succeed, which is something I'll be forever thankful for. He puts in countless hours every week. I feel like he got it rough here from the fans when it wasn't rightfully deserved. He's one of the greatest teammates I've ever had. So um those that was pretty high praise from Nico and um yeah no I, I mean I think there's value in what he has done this season for a guy like Deacon Hill because Deacon Hill mentioned him after the Rutgers, Rutgers game as someone who Deacon Hill has obviously been the target of criticism Spencer Petrus knows exactly what it's like to be in those shoes um so to be to, to be able to help him through that. And then a lot of what Nico said just kind of makes it it makes you feel like there's the the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that fans don't necessarily see all the value in that. Cause uh obviously what he does on you know the field on game days was really important, but 
just the leadership aspect of it and the way that, uh, you know, he maybe helped guys behind the scenes, you know, is important to what he brings to the table as well. I think I heard my daughter just get home from school. So you never know. We could get another camera. You can have a here. surprise guest. We could, we could. We've got about five minutes for to see see if we will. Um, good stuff on, on Spencer. Yeah, I, I don't – I know him well enough to know that he would not be happy that this kind of came out this week, but it's kind of unavoidable. But he has – you have to enter the portal to – you know, that's just the way it works. You can't like not enter, you know, so he has to enter so other teams can talk to him and presumably he'll be on someone's campus in January, you know, learning their system, you know, getting ready to be a seventh year senior quarterback for that team. So it'll be very interesting to watch. Who knows? Maybe Brian Ferentz will be his position coach. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, let's talk a little hoops, Tyler, uh, Iowa at Creighton tonight. I realize the shelf life on this is short, so we'll keep it brief. Hawkeyes at Creighton, 9 o'clock tonight. Fox Sports 1, I believe, right? Fox, I can't remember what network it's on. Yeah, I think it's on. It's on TV. <laughs> it's the Gavit Games. Yeah. Hawks are 12.5-point underdogs, Tyler. What uh, what do you make of tonight's matchup? First, I got to say, tip-offs after 9 p.m. Central should be illegal. That's just – I mean, that's brutal. On a weekday? No. Okay, anyways um, – I'm interested to see the guys that Iowa expected to be major contributors, that being a Peyton Sanford, Ben Cricky, uh, Tony Perkins, Patrick McAfee. They have all delivered against lower level two games of lower-level competition. Can they sustain that against a team like Creighton, you know, uh, con, you know, perceived as a potential Final Four contender? They're, you know, they, they had a really good season last season. They're bringing back – Baylor Shireman, um, Ryan Kalkbrenner, like they're just a really dynamic offense. Can Iowa can that translate to a much too much better competition? Um, and then on the flip side of things, Iowa's freshmen and younger guys coming off the bench. What do they look like? They've looked really good in in two two again lower level games. Owen Freeman was freshman of the week, you know, for uh, you know his performances last week. Can they continue that against better competition? I think that kind of just speaks for this Iowa team as a whole is through the first two games, they've looked about as good as they possibly could have. They've they've won by a combined 43 points in two games, but that was against lower level competition. What does that look like when they stack up against one of the best teams in the nation? Uh, I'm interested to see how that how that how that'll play out. If they lose, I don't think Iowa really has much to lose. If they lose, it was expected. If they hang in there and put up a fight, I think it gives reason to believe that this team might be maybe better than what was originally perceived at the beginning of the season um, from the outside, at least. So uh, it'll just be an interesting test to see where they stack up. Yes, Fox Sports 1 is correct. And it's nine. It's a 9-11 p.m. tip. And James Allen, uh, who's the men's basketball SID this year, says there it could be a five-minute push for tv so it could be 9 16 p.m well it's like it, like a five minute push turns into another five minute push <laughs> and then an hour long push next thing you know we're starting it at 12 a.m uh, I, I i think 9 16 is the drop dead but uh yeah uh post game won't be over until midnight probably so uh that's why i'm kind of getting the late start heading to omaha here we'll be doing that soon but uh one thing i have written on my notes last thing is 
really the ball handling has been really impressive. And I asked Fran McCaffrey about that yesterday. Only 13 turnovers this year, Tyler, and 152 possessions, which for a fast-paced team and having young ball handlers, um, you know, DeSante Bowen, Josh Dix, Brock Harding, um, I'm impressed with that, but I'm also curious to see if that can continue. Also impressed with Peyton Sanford's rebounding so far. He is the leading rebounder on the team at over 10 per game. It should be. A, and I was defense for a program that that's obviously been a struggle. Um, it's been pretty good the first two games. Again, against not as good competition. Creighton is just a dynamic offense. There's a lot of parallels between Iowa and Creighton. They're, they're built very similarly in terms of the way they play offensively. High paced, sh- lots of shooting, uh, good athletes, uh, typically not a ton of defense. So it could be a, in a game in the 80s or 90s, possibly. Uh, but to see how Iowa's defense holds up against Creighton, because this is uh, this might be the, the biggest challenge that – Iowa's defense has all season. Uh, so just to see if it can, you know, if it can hold up at all will be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if we mentioned, but Creighton is ranked eighth in the country and it's, they were a step away from the final four last year. I'm hearing a lot of clanging dishes. Who knows what's going on upstairs? So I better get, I better wrap yeah, you this up. Head out of there. I got to see what's going on, but uh, thanks Tyler for holding down the fort in Iowa city today. And we will talk tomorrow on Hawk central. Thanks a lot. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.